Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? My name is Patrick Allen, and you are here for another victory edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Verderam. Matt, made quick work of the Jets today. Yeah, they did what they were supposed to do. They won 35-9. to They never trailed. They never really were in any danger of trailing. So, yes, I think if you're the Chiefs, you feel very good. No injuries. And if you're the Jets, well, it feels normal. Yeah, it was uh, it was a par for the course for the Jets. Uh, before we get into the game, I got to ask, how was your Halloween? It was good. It was actually really good. We took Maisie out, and uh, she was dressed as Elsa from Frozen. She was very excited about that. I was dressed. Uh, well, <laughs> I wasn't really dressed as anything. I threw on. I have a I have a real like legitimate what they wear in the games Chiefs helmet and a Mahomes jersey, and I just threw those on. So oh, nice. went out and did that. It was cool. Like we went out. There were a lot of people out there. Every distance, everybody wore masks. Um, and I don't know what it is. Our, our neighborhood apparently really gets into it. We got six full-size candy bars. Wow. It was unbelievable. So uh, as much as I love my daughter, she does not get full-size candy bars. She does not need it. We got a king-size Kit Kat. I'm going to be cleaning up on that after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I like there was always like the, there was always the show off house when I was growing up. Yes. There'd be that yes. one house where they would like give out full size candy bars or like cans of Pepsi or something, you know, Pepsi, you can sponsor this podcast. Just DM me. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's always that one house pretty, that's pretty cool for her though, that the, you've got a good, it really, it's really important, right? That the neighbor's, get behind Halloween because otherwise it's a total drag if everyone's got their porch lights off and, and you can't get right. in. No, I, everybody was really into it. And, and our neighborhood is kind of known in the county as being a really good place to go because there's so many houses around and most people get pretty into it. So like we have kids come in from like 20, 30 minutes away who drive here and we'll just trick or treat. But it's good. No, we, had a, we had a great time. We put out a big bowl of candy and basically told people to take one and with a little sign. And I thought for sure that was going to be gone in 30 seconds. We got back and there was one piece of candy left. I couldn't believe it. Like that doesn't mean some kid didn't take 30 of them, but I was surprised anything was left. Yeah, that's always that was always the 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 risky proposition, the lazy bowl of candy out there because you know it all it takes is one jerk kid to come along and just dump yes. the whole thing in his bag. Um, right. well, I'm glad that nobody did that. Glad Maisie had a good Halloween. Uh, Mag and I, my wife, we went and saw a Nightmare on Elm Street at the drive-in was pretty rad. Uh, I haven't been to the last movie I saw at the drive-in. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but it was uh, The Fast and the Furious, that first nice. first one when it came out. Yeah. if I, I told Mag last night if I had known that that would be the last movie I would ever see at a drive-in, I would have you know picked a better movie. Unfortunately, Fast okay. and the Furious, I, I don't know. Some people, obviously, they've made a million of them. They make millions and millions of dollars. So maybe I'm the, out of the loop here. And, and that they're no, it's, it's, no, you're not wrong. 
it's, it's a certain certain target audience there. Um, all right, let's let's get into the game. Chiefs thirty five, Jets twenty. I think the final line on this one was twenty points. I think that's what I saw yes, this morning when I woke up. So, Chiefs cover uh, with with some some room to spare. Um, uh, we'll go over our predictions. I had it Chiefs thirty, Jets ten. You had it Chiefs thirty three. Jets ten, so you win this one. You were you were the closest, but uh, we were both right about the Jets. Not, yeah. uh, I I thought they would score at least one touchdown, so they didn't. <laughs> um, let's get into the game. Mahomes, I, I think this is the big headline for me. He enters the MVP conversation after this game. Now he's got to try to fend off Russell Wilson, who just keeps throwing four or five touchdown games out there, uh, and that's going to be a big part of this race, I think, as it comes down, but. I think this was the one game that sort of Mahomes' stats were great for the year, but now he's he's looking incredible again. He was thirty-one of forty-two, four hundred and sixteen yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. What's your takeaway from from Mahomes in this one? I totally agree with you. Actually, on my not to cross uh, promote here, but on stacking the box, the podcast which I'll do right after this, it goes every Monday and Thursday with Mark Carmen. Uh, we're going to talk about this that it's becoming a two-horse race in the NFC, because I agree with you. I think that this game, even though it's against the Jets, like the MVP candidacies are based off of statistics more than anything else. People don't remember, oh, well, you know, back in week five, it, was, it doesn't matter. It's about accumulating stats and being on a really good team. Wilson and, and Mahomes clearly are, are checking those boxes right now. Mahomes, it's easy to do this now as we're eight games through or halfway through the season. Mahomes is on pace for a little over 4,600 passing yards and 42 touchdowns and two picks. Like, I don't care what your bar is. That's bonkers. That is an unbelievable stat line to have. He averaged 10 yards of completion to, or 10 yards of attempt today, I should say. Um, yeah, five touchdowns, no picks, wasn't sacked. I think you'd have to say that Wilson is still leading the charge. I believe he has 26 touchdowns and he's played one last game. Now, he has thrown more picks, but it's a two horse race now. Rodgers has tailed off a little bit. They've obviously not played well recently. Allen is completely uh, gone, gone by the wayside. So, yeah, it's, it's Wilson, it's Mahomes, it's nobody else. Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's going to be hard for Pat to keep up with Russ, not because I don't think he can, but I think it's going to come down to Russell's defense is just not good. And he's, it's, it's, he's having a season like Mahomes did when he won the MVP where – He's got to go out there and, and throw the ball over, over the place, rack up yards, score four or five touchdowns a game right. if he wants to win. And I just think some of the teams that the Chiefs are going to play down the stretch, I mean, look, this was a game that they could have won a number of different ways, and they did it passing the ball. So who knows? Mahomes is so good. He, he could have a few more of these games and, and be right there toward the end. But I just think, you know what? The, the, it just doesn't matter. I, I would love to see him win another MVP, right? But he's sort of – he's beyond that, right? Like, he wants to win Super Bowls. He doesn't care. He just wants to win the game. And if they've got to win a game like they did last week against the Broncos where he doesn't need to throw for a million yards and a million touchdowns and the special teams and defense plays well, then that's right. fine, right? Right. Yeah. And I think, you know what, it also has to be said too, like if you start wanting to get into like Hall of Fame conversations and stuff like that, which obviously Mahomes is already in at this juncture, um, you're going to want to start talking about Pro Bowls, all pro. Mahomes is going to make a million Pro Bowls. But all pro, that really matters because there's no opting out of the, the all pro team and then eight different alternates are in. There's a, 
there's a first team and a second team. Now, Mahomes obviously one year already first team. is, is technically his second season, but his first year as a starter. Last year, he didn't make it. You know, Jackson was the first team. Wilson was second team. If Mahomes continues to play like this, he's going to be on the all-pro team. Now, whether it's first or second team, obviously, if Wilson beats him out for MVP, probably be second team, but that matters. And that, that signifies a great year. I kind of agree with you. The other part of it with Wilson, too, he's never had an MVP vote, let alone an MVP. That's preposterous. Which is crazy. But, like, narratives matter with this stuff. People like me, right? Now, I don't have a vote, but people like me do, or writers who cover the league, like that that kind of narrative stuff maybe shouldn't have a play in, in this, but it does. So I think Mahomes would have to completely outdo Wilson. If it's close, Wilson's probably going to get the edge. That said, listen, the point of this is Mahomes is having a ridiculous season. If he continues to play like this, they're just not going to lose many games. They're not, if, if any more at all. I mean, he is... I don't care who you're playing, 416 yards and five touchdowns is ridiculous. And this was easy for him. I mean, he wasn't running around, no, you know, running for his life. Him. It was, I mean, we knew it was going to be easy, but what do you, what's your opinion on the interceptions? When, when I checked it earlier today, I think Russell had six. Mahomes has only got yep. one. It's pr- going to be difficult for Mahomes to keep this pace up, right? Like he's going to have a game where a ball goes off of somebody's hands or he just has a yep. bad game, right? But how much if, if let's say Wilson ends up with I don't know five or six more touchdowns than than Mahomes but Mahomes has five or six fewer interceptions do you think that that he'll get overshadowed by the touchdown numbers I think he does if, if Wilson gets to 50 because that's just kind of a magic number right so if like Wilson gets let's just say he throws I don't know 51 touchdowns and and 12 picks if if Mahomes goes like 44 and and Five, I think, yeah. Like most people say, well, Wilson threw 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, you know, whatever. I, I think, yeah. Like, because Mahomes a year, he threw 50 touchdowns, had 11 or 12 picks. I don't think anybody cared. Like, it was just, it was so ridiculous what he did otherwise. Um, now, if it's really tight and Wilson gets like, has like 45 touchdowns and Mahomes is 43, but he threw like 10 less picks, then, yeah, then I think it matters. Um, and Mahomes has gotten a little lucky this year. Let's be honest. There were a couple of games, a couple of picks against New England that he threw that were dropped. Um, you know, Mahomes could very well have, you know, four picks right now or something like that. But he doesn't. It's the way it is. It, you know, sometimes that happens. And sometimes you have years where, you know, you threw 10 picks, but six of them weren't your fault. So it all evens out. Um, but he, it's one and two for sure. And Mahomes, now you get a Panthers team, which, you know, we'll get to later on. But, you know, they get a Panthers team coming in that, they get less pressure than any team in football. He's going to have time to stand in there and throw the ball. So, and maybe Watkins is back. So, look, if you're if you're a Chiefs fan, which obviously you probably are listening to this, you should be very, very happy with the way the offense is playing and certainly the way Mahomes is playing. Yeah, I do think if he somehow manages to not throw those picks, like he just has one of those magical runs here where he ends up with two or three interceptions and he's over 40 right. touchdowns, that would be incredible. That's going to have to turn some heads, but yeah, I think you're right. I don't. Other than Russ, there's no other quarterback that's even close. Like Brady's having a good season, but not like this, right? Like he's, no. at the end of the at the end of the year, he's not going to have the numbers. No, he's not. I, I don't. I don't think there's even an argument for anybody else. I really don't. I mean, Matt Ryan's going for a lot of yardage. Who cares? Are terrible. You know, Dak obviously was was playing incredibly early, but they they stinking and he got hurt for the year. Um, you know, the Steelers are seven and zero, but Roethlisberger's been terrible. 
so I, they, they don't have an argument. Lamar's not repeating. I think that's a pretty safe bet at this point. So you look around the league and everybody talks about Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill. That's not happening. Uh, Rodgers, I mean, they've, they've fallen off the last couple of weeks. Breeze isn't in the mix. Murray is exciting, but he's not an MVP level player. So yeah, I think, you know, barring something wild happening here over the last half of the year, it does appear to be a match race with those two guys. And Seattle's, uh, Seattle's guys in front, but Mahomes is certainly within striking distance. Well, I could talk about Patrick Mahomes all day, but let's talk about the running game tonight uh, or today, this afternoon. Now, the narrative kind of coming in was this is going to be the Le'Veon Bell revenge game. <laughs> running game yeah. was it really like it, it wasn't terribly effective, but it really just didn't feel like it was part of the game plan. Uh, the Chiefs only no. rushed for 20, 20 rushes for 50 yards. And I remember shortly before, right before they got into like super garbage time and they pulled the starters, I think they had only ran the ball 12 times. You're right. Six yep, carries right. a piece for. Uh, Le'Veon. So yeah, Bell had six carries uh, for seven yards. He did have three grabs for 31, didn't get in the end zone. Clyde Edwards-Elaire, much to the chagrin of my fantasy team, six carries for 21 yards. Uh, what do you think? Teams have been run. I mean, the, the, the Dolphins ran all over the Jets, it, but they're just not good in general, but they have been a little bit better defending the pass. Was this just a pick your poison? The Andy saw some things he yep. liked in the passing game? Yeah, and Greg Williams is a big blitzer, and they love to run blitz, and they like to do those things. And so Andy thought it was a good week to try to hit him deep, hit him with some, some motions and some play action. They did that. You know, it's very rare you have a game where you really dominate in the air and on the ground. It just is. It's, it's almost impossible. Every once in a while, you'll strike that balance. But, you know, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. You know, right? Like when the Chiefs dominated the Bills on the ground, 245 yards, that's because Buffalo basically said, go ahead and run the ball. We are not going to let you throw. And then she said, okay, fine. And they did it successfully. Denver, it was a little bit more balanced, but Denver still was inviting them to run. The Chiefs did so successfully. This week, the Jets tried to run blitz. They tried to get after Mahomes, and the Chiefs just said, fine, we'll throw it over your heads. You're going to see a lot of this. There's going to be ebbs and flows this year where teams are going to watch. Like, I guarantee you Carolina is going to watch the film this game because, Chiefs, we, we, we have got to back up. We cannot let him beat us over the top. I bet you the Chiefs run the ball better this week. It's just. It's part of the deal. And I thought Bell, listen, it wasn't like the great game maybe he envisioned, but he had 31 yards receiving. Okay, that, that's fine. He had three targets, caught all three of them. You know, had an 18-yard catch in there. Wasn't, wasn't anything spectacular. I'm not trying to paint it as, as though it was. Uh, by the way, it's only the second time ever Mahomes didn't have a rushing attempt as a starting quarterback. Did wow, not take off good once. catch. And the only other time was in that Tennessee game when he was coming off the knee injury. Never ran. Never even tried to run. So... You know, no, I, I just think it's going to be like that with the Chiefs this year. Teams are going to really try to take away one thing, and they're going to say, "All right, we'll take our chances with the other." Well, the Jets, I think, idiotically decided they were going to take the runaway, and she said, "Great, here comes one bomb after the next: two to Hill, one to Robinson, and you know, thirty-five to nine. It was an absolute party. If you were a Chiefs receiver. Travis Kelsey, eight receptions yep. for 109 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, four receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Had a 41-yard bomb in there. McCole Hardman shows up. Oh, hey, what's up? Uh, seven receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Stop trashing me on Twitter. I'm really good. Marcus Robinson got in on the action, four receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown. And then even our boy, By Byron Pringle, who didn't have a great game, made a couple of mistakes. He got three catches for 22 yards as well. Um, what did you think? I just, I want to take a minute to appreciate Travis Kelsey. Like the guy is just this year, especially just 
absolutely consistent. Every week he's great. He's been incredible. And he's really, in my opinion, the glue that really screw like he just screws defenses over because when they're trying to take away the pass, he eats them alive underneath. And if they're able to throw it, then he's going to get targeted 12 times and have eight receptions for 109 yards nope. like he did today. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer already, in your opinion? Oh, God, yeah. Yes. Yeah, if he retired tonight, he'd be a Hall of Famer. He's on pace, by the way, for 96 catches, 1,200 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Like, listen, he he absolutely, if he retired right now, would be a Hall of Fame player. He's on pace to have his fifth consecutive 1,000-yard season. Nobody else has had more than, than three outside of Kelsey. Um, he's in that pantheon of all-time tight ends. I mean, he's, he's in that group with Gonzalez, Gates, Winslow, Ditka, Mackey, Newsom, Shannon Sharp, uh, you know, you name it, Jason Witten. Yeah, I mean, it, Gronk, right? Like, he's, he's in that group. Now, where you want to rank him, you can argue that all day long. But he's absolutely there. The Super Bowl is the cherry on top for him. Um, he's, he's the best weapon that she's had. Nothing against Tyree Kill, who's obviously an incredible weapon in his own right. But Kelsey just can destroy teams in so many ways. And you, know, you saw it today. I mean, how many times? And they needed a completion. It was like, okay, well, we'll go to Travis because the linebacker can't cover him. The safety can't cover him. He's, uh, he's the ultimate weapon for Kansas City. He really is, and I like. I did, obviously you don't want to see the penalty, but did you love seeing the the goalpost dunk? For <laughs> yes. And then we got for probably the thousandth time. You know, Tony Gonzalez used to do that because he played basketball. I was just like, oh my god, the man's retired. He hasn't played for the team in years, and we're still getting told after a cheese touchdown that Tony Gonzalez used to play basketball. I got a, a great reply. Somebody tweeted at me. It's not a football game if they don't talk about basketball, <laughs> which is what they're doing. These tight ends, it's like, my God, it's been 25 years of this. Let it go already. We know they used to play basketball. Yes. Yeah. I, I listen, you know what? I, I really um, – I thought it was a, another great game for him. And, yeah, you, you know, at the 15 yards, I mean, you don't want to take a personal foul or on sports or like conduct or whatever it may be. But I, I, who cares? They weren't losing to the Jets because of that penalty. Let's put it that way. It was just nice to see it again. Okay, let's talk about the play of the game, in my opinion. Tommy Townsend, fake punt. Yes. <laughs> uh, good little arm. When was the last time you can remember a Chiefs punter throwing a ball on purpose? Like, not like Cole quit, like, oh, God, we fumbled the snap. I'm going to try to throw it out of bounds. But, like, has it been a while? I can't remember the last time it happened. I gotta tell you, I that's a great question. I don't I don't ever remember Colquitt throwing the ball. Maybe he did. I'm sure he did at some point, but 15, 16 years. But I I will say I was more impressed. Tommy Townsend with the gun. Right. Like, <laughs> He's got he a little arm there. Fired that ball in there. Like when it, first of all, Trent Green definitely had talked to the Chiefs coaching staff and knew something was up because it was seven to three, and he's like, Oh, they might fake it. And I was thinking to myself, like, Trent, what are you talking about? There's no way in hell they're going to fake this year. Like, why would they? They would just leave the – and then, you know, they clearly saw something on tape, on film, that they thought they could expose, and they did. Um, but, you know, Tommy Townsend reared back to throw the ball, and throw, I was like – I was actually really impressed. Like, he really, like – he had to get some mustard on it. 
You know, right. normally you see a punter throw a football. It's kind of like a lollipop. He really, right. like, he was the second best quarterback on the field. <laughs> they're trying, they're he just trying to get the ball to him, you know, like in any way possible, you know, right. underhand, whatever. So like, he's like guided. And Townsend's like, no, F it. We're throwing a curl. And just gunned it. <laughs> okay. You yeah. know what's great about that, though, in all seriousness? To any special teams coordinator that watches that, and anybody who plays the Chiefs, of course, will, that that will keep teams honest and help them cover punts better. Because anyone who saw Tommy Townsend throw the ball like that is going to be telling their gunners, hey, don't cheat. Don't break early. And you know what? It sounds like a little thing. But like, maybe a guy muffs a punt. Well, guess what? Their gunner's nowhere there to recover the ball because he, he wasn't able to bail out. Like that stuff, it does matter. And I think that, and it also, by the way, it, it gives you confidence if you're Tobin Reed later on in the season. They need to do that. Like Tommy Townsend can throw the football, so there's a fate that they could. He did a really nice job again this week. Only three punts for 122 yards. That's only a 40 average, but the Chiefs were you know, around midfield a lot of the time, moving the ball on the Jets. He had one inside the 20. He had one touchback. It should have been inside the 20. Chiefs just had a foot on the goal line. Yeah, nice yeah. he did a very nice job. Yeah. He's uh, been a fantastic pickup for them. Sorry to see Cole Quick go, but he's, he's showing his value over and over again. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about the defense a little bit. Haven't chatted about them yet. We'll give you a quick update on the standings in the AFC. Things are starting to get a little bit clearer, and we'll be back. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we are back. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, breaking down Chiefs, Jets. Let's talk about the defense, Verderam. Look, they gave up nine points. They're playing the Jets. Jets are terrible. The defense did a, a really nice job. Shut them out in the second half. Yes. Early on, I annoyed some people because I complained. This is what happens when your team is as good as the Chiefs. You, you find nice a way nice to job. complain about, <laughs> about only giving up nine points in the first half. But the, the Jets didn't punt on their first like, right. three or four possessions, right? right? And, and um, that was really frustrating to me because the game was close towards the end of the second quarter, and I did not expect the game to be close at all. Were you frustrated with the defense as well? They were just kind of getting nickel and dimed a little bit, a few penalties. Yeah. So, listen, I'll, I'll defend you on this one, okay? Um, the, the Chiefs defense was driving me nuts early in the game because every time they got him to third down, they could knock it off the field. Then there were a couple, like, there was fourth down on two drives in the first half. They couldn't stop me either time. But I, I also kept trying to keep myself mentally in check. So I was like, well, they're only giving them – field goals, and the Jets are never beating the Chiefs to kick field goals. But, yeah, you, you wanted to see them kind of stop now. I will say this. The second half of the game, here are the Jets' drives. Three plays, four yards. Three plays, seven yards. Three plays, nine yards. Four plays, 17 yards. Ends on a fumble. Three plays, five yards. Three plays, six yards. Three plays, 15 yards. End of the game. I mean – Not bad. No, they did all right. So – I think what was frustrating early was, you know, Ward had the one play with Mims down the sideline where he, it looked like he just completely lost the sight of the, lost track of the football, lost sight of it. Big play down the sideline. You know, they had, a, they had another play where they, they were going to get off the field. Tyron Matthew got called for holding, which it was. It was a good call. Um, it was just like they just – they weren't bad. They just couldn't quite like get off the field. Gore had a couple of big runs early. Or at least, you know, not, maybe not big runs, but, you know, quality runs early. 
That all being said, listen, at the end of it all, Darnold 18 to 30 for a buck 33, 4.4 yards in attempt. That's hideous. Uh, the Jets rushed for 93 yards. They did on 3.7 yards in attempt. So the Chiefs defense all, all in all did very, very well. They ended up having a great game. The Jets went 2 of 12 on third down, um, only 221 total yards at the turnover. So, you know, yeah, I think if you're the Chiefs, you end up feeling very good about the defensive performance. But, yes, early on it was just one of those things. It was almost like how a leaky faucet annoys you. It's not right. going to flood exactly. the house, but it's just annoying because it's not stopping the flow of the water. Well, that was kind of the Chiefs. But in the second half, they tightened the screws, and that was it. Yeah, credit to them. And let's talk about our guy, Dirty Dan Sorensen, another yep. incredible game. I mean, this guy just, like, he's got that – He's got that tackle down. It was the same tackle he had against the Texans in the playoffs last year where he kind of gets the helmet on the ball, like his shoulder, like the helmet hits the arm of the ball carrier and his shoulder knocks the ball out. Yep. He's, he's a master at it. And this guy, like I, I tweeted this out, I feel like he's the most underappreciated, one of the most underappreciated players in the league. There's a lot of guys like Daniel Sorensen. Like they're never gonna they're never talking about him on Sports Center. Like right. he's never in the keys to the game. Well, you know, the, the Jets have to watch out for Dan Sorensen. But week after week after week, this guy's I call him Mr. Right Place, right time. He's always in the right place, right time. He knows what's going on. He just pops up and makes crucial plays all the time for this team. How much do you appreciate Dirty Dan? I love watching Dirty Dan. Love watching him. And my dad and I were talking earlier, and, and um, you know, as my father would say, he's a professional. Like he's just always in the right spot. We were talking about the exact thing, how it always seems like Sorensen's just where the ball is. He's always around the ball. You know, last week against Denver, he has a pick six. You know, this week, he forces a fumble. And I think it's telling, you know, Arrowhead Addict, our, our great the Chiefs website, they were tweeting out about Sorensen, or excuse me, about Thornhill and Matthew being the best safety duo in the game. And Tyron Matthews, like, hey, don't forget about Dirty Dan. You know, then they had this playful exchange afterward. And I, I think it, it show, goes to show, like, I can tell you, right, Tyron Matthew loves Daniel Sorensen. He, I remember when, when he had that fake punt tackle against Houston, like, Matthew was the first one to celebrate with him. I believe they roomed together back in training camp a year ago. Obviously, this year they didn't, of course, because of COVID. But um, it's going to be interesting. Sorensen's a free agent after this year. And he's not the kind of guy, because of what you just said, like he's not going to get a huge contract. But the Chiefs absolutely should bring him back. They should bring him back for multiple years. He is the kind of guy that nobody talks about as like a pro bowler and all pro. And fine, rightfully so. But he makes plays every week. And I thought, you know, again, he led the team in tackles, by the way, today at nine. He just, he's always where he needs to be, made the big tackle, forced to fumble. Um, he's been invaluable for them over the years and certainly in recent years. He's only 30 years old. He's backed up by Matthew and Thornhill. So you're not having him when you don't have to, you're not having him cover a lot of wide receivers. He's kind of like another linebacker out there, right? He's just fantastic. I agree. Sign him, whether it's a one-year deal, two-year deal. There might be some teams that are interested, but I, he's got such a perfect fit on this team and on this defense. And for his role, like he could go somewhere else and he might not have the same impact. Maybe he would. I don't know. But like, I just feel like this is a perfect marriage. Thornhill, Matthew, and then you got Sorensen. And now when, when they get 
uh, Legereus Sneed back. That secondary, Breland's rounded out, and he's in the he's in shape now. He's in game shape. He's playing well. He picked up that fumble, by the way. I think this defense is gonna is really gonna turn it on because the the, the pass rush been a little hit or miss. They they got a lot of really good pressure today, but not a bunch of huge games from Frank Clark. I I think this defense could down the stretch and they've already played really well, be what we're talking about. I think the Chiefs defense is maybe the most underrated unit in the NFL, bar none. They're really good. And the Raiders game that they, they really you know, they had a horrible afternoon, fine, fair enough, excuse it. If you take that game out, they're giving up like 16 points a game. And they're just dominating teams week in and week out. And the Jets stink. Okay, I'm not. This isn't about what they did against the Jets. They dominated Denver, who just put up 31 points, by the way, on the Chargers. They dominated Houston. The Houston stinks, but Houston does have an elite quarterback. But before Garson had seven points. Herbert's been ripping teams up this year. The Chargers had 20 points in that game. The Ravens score on everybody. The Ravens' offense scored 13 points. Kansas City shut down Josh Allen. The Pats couldn't move the ball for a foot, which, again, okay, the Pats aren't a great offense. But you look at these weeks time and again, the Chiefs just stifle teams over and over and over. They're not, they're not the best defense in football. They're not Pittsburgh's defense. I'm not trying to make that case. But they are very good. I think the addition of Willie Gay is only going to mean more and more for them down the stretch. By the way, my understanding, talking to the league sources, is that with LeJarius Sneed, there's hope he's back right after the bye week. So they may be getting him back sooner rather than later. You know, I, I think that, that's a huge addition for a team that already is very good against the pass. So for, for me, I look at the Chiefs and say, this team's only going to get better defensively as these guys return. And you know you've got – the one thing with the Chiefs, between Clark and, and Jones and Matthew, you have three guys who are just stone-cold killers on that defense. Guys who in any given game can completely flip the game. And when you got Spagnuolo coaching them, you're going to have a recipe for success, especially when a lot of the guys around them are very good players. Absolutely. You are listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Guys, didn't say this at the top, but we really appreciate you stepping up with the reviews in Apple. We've had a lot more. Just want to throw it out there. Please, it really helps this podcast find new audience. If you can head over to Apple Podcasts, if you haven't had a chance to do it yet, and rate and review us. Leave us a written review. Those are really key over at Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep hitting you with some really awesome giveaways. We are going to be announcing the winner of our Patrick Mahomes framed photo this week. So keep an eye out for that on Twitter. We'll be doing more of these great things. And all you got to do is listen to find out how to enter. All right. So I think we can put a bow on this one. The Chiefs killed the Jets. We thought the Chiefs would kill the Jets. Now we start looking ahead to Carolina. We'll have our game preview later this week. Not terribly worried about Carolina. They're a much better football team than the Chiefs played the last couple weeks, but they are getting Christian McCaffrey back, and he can be a problem. And also they found that they've got a pretty damn good back in Mike Davis as well out there. So is, is he your biggest concern heading into this game is, is stopping the run and making him show a little rust? Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey has to be. Yeah, last year he was unbelievable. Over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 1,000 yards on the ground, 1,000 yards in the air, or, you know, receiving. And then, hey, listen, 
they got a couple of receivers who can really play. Now, they don't have much else in terms of – they don't have backs or tight ends really. I shouldn't say that. You know what? Mike Davis actually is on pace for about uh, 500 yards receiving, who's their backup running back to McCaffrey, who certainly can catch the ball. So they do not have a tight end. But the backs can catch the ball. Anderson and Moore are on pace for – each of them are on pace for over 1,200 yards. Anderson's almost on pace for 1,400. So they can play offensively. They, they can definitely play. Uh, now, Bridgewater has been okay, nine touchdowns, six picks. I mean, that's not – you're not going to go crazy about that. But he, he completes 71.5% of his throws. He's on pace for 4,200 yards. Like, the, the Panthers, they can hurt you a little offensively. They do tend to bog down the red zone with Bridgewater in the air. So if you can hold them out of the end zone that way, you know, enforce them to kick some field goals, you're in good shape. The problem right now for the Panthers, they have eight sacks on the year. Okay, Brian Burns is a very good player. He has three sacks. They're not good otherwise up front. Uh, Jeremy Chin is a really good-looking young safety, rookie safety, uh, just one defensive rookie of the, the month in October. Uh, he leads the team 67 tackles and has a pick as well. So they, they can hurt you. The Panthers are not a bad team. Now, that said, the Chiefs are 11.5-point favorites opening up. Should the Chiefs beat them? Yeah. The Chiefs should beat them. But if they don't play well, Carolina has some weapons. And, you know, it could get into a game where the Chiefs are going to have to score some points. That, that said, yes, Kansas City's a much better team. But as you pointed out, and you're right, Carolina is a better team than the teams they faced the past two weeks. I got to say, I, I'm really rooting for Teddy Bridgewater. I won't be rooting for him next week. But the fact sure. that he's been playing pretty well, like I'm, I'm just fired up for the guy after that horrible injury that he went through, the way he's clawed his way back. And I think that, that everybody wants to give the, the comeback player of the award uh, of the year award to Alex Smith. I feel like Teddy Bridgewater should be, you know, I know he was a backup last year. He, he was back. He stepped in for Breeze, but I don't know. Do you, do you think it still counts as comeback player if he wasn't out with an injury last year? Because the fact that he's starting again full-time and playing pretty well, should his name be in that conversation? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can rule it out. To me, I know I'm maybe even in the minority. I would give Alex Smith comeback player of the year. Literally, just for coming back and stepping on the field, I would give him comeback player of the year. But I think Roethlisberger is probably going to win it. You know? Uh, that'd be my guess. Although I would argue that Ben Roethlisberger secretly is the reason why I don't think Pittsburgh is going to win the AFC. But um, I think I think people overlook that and go, well, he's Big Ben. He had elbow surgery. And, but yeah, Bridgewater's in the mix. Um, and certainly it's a great story considering how his career literally was almost over. And now he's at least a viable NFL quarterback. Give him credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about the Steelers and let's get to our AFC update. We'll preview in-depth Chiefs-Panthers later this week. Steelers still have the one seed. They're 7-0, and yep. followed up by the Chiefs at the two, 7-1. and Then it's the Bills at 6-2. and They beat the Patriots today. I guess we can go ahead and say that the Patriots are done. Like, this is it. Oh, it's over. It's done. Yeah, yes, at over. least for this Completely year. Completely and utterly over. Um, the Titans, they're five and two, the Ravens lost to the Steelers today at the end there. Couldn't get it done. They're five and two. The Colts are five and two. I got to say the Colts, I know we've talked about them a lot on this podcast. Colts aren't that good. 
Phillip Rivers has been playing okay the last couple of weeks, not throwing too many interceptions, been throwing a lot of touchdowns. If he plays well, if he settles in with this team, my opinion of the Colts completely changes because they've got a, a really good, solid defense over there. I'm not terrified of them, but of the, the, the teams around them, like I could see the if Rivers plays well, I could see the Colts beating the Ravens in the playoffs. I could see the Colts beating the Titans, which, by the way, the Titans, take a look at their schedule. It's not going to be a cakewalk the rest of the way for Tennessee. No, it is not. They, they've got a lot of really hard games to yep. play. And, uh, you know, I could see them dropping and being in a six seed or a seven seed if things don't go well. And then, of course, the Browns are at number seven. They're five and three. They lost in a sloppy game today. So the Steelers. They beat Baltimore. They beat Tennessee. They didn't play anybody before that. And, and to be fair, they, their their strength of schedule is higher to the Chiefs, higher than the Chiefs now because the Chiefs just played the Jets and they just absolutely decimated kids' strength of schedule. The Chiefs beat the Ravens and they beat them a lot easier than the Steelers did today. The Steelers just clawed by the Ravens. This this game, Ben Roethlisberger. 21 of 32 for 182 yards, 5.7 yard average, two touchdowns, no picks. Lamar Jackson, 13 of 28, 208 yards, 7.4 yard average, two touchdowns, two picks. He did run 16 times for 65 yards. The the Ravens can't throw the ball. It's just a huge problem for them, right? I mean, if, if he can throw the ball better, they win this game easily over the Steelers. But I think both of these quarterbacks are a little bit fatally flawed. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, I would. Um, look, I wrote this whole column that's going up tomorrow on Fansided for my stack in the box, which, by the way, I just clicked into because there's a couple stats I want to read off. And at first it showed that the column did not exist and I was about to have a heart attack. But we've restored the backup and we're good. Um, so here's – look, I'm going to give away my you – know, for anyone who's listening – Here's the column. The Ravens and Steelers are both really good teams. They both are fatally flawed at quarterback right now. And I don't think either one of them can fix it. Okay? So with Baltimore, Jackson last year was the MVP of the league. He has 14 touchdowns this year, uh, including rushing touchdowns. He has 12 touchdown passes against nine turnovers, four, four picks, five fumbles. Today, he fumbled twice. We fumbled three times. He lost two fumbles, and he threw two picks. They are not going to win with Lamar Jackson doing that against anybody who's any good, okay, ever. I don't care how well they run the ball, and they ran for 265 yards today, and they still lost because Jackson threw a pick six and fumbled twice in the red zone. As far as Pittsburgh goes, who I think is the bigger threat that she thinks is a better team, and I think, frankly, has the inside track to the one seed because the schedule is just a joke the rest of the way. Roethlisberger is averaging 6.6 yards an attempt. That is 29th in the league for any quarterback with at least 50 attempts. You watch the games, and it matches up with that. Everything's short. Everything's quick. He can't throw the ball down the field anymore. When he does, it's a rainbow. He can't drive the football. Baltimore lost today because Pittsburgh was plus three in the turnover ratio, not because Pittsburgh was outplaying them or was better or anything like that. And when I look at both these teams, I come away with the honest, genuinely unbiased conclusion. If the Chiefs play a really good game against either one of them in January, regardless of the venue, the Chiefs are winning the game. They're just better than them. Like, Pittsburgh's defense is better than Kansas City's, but the gap isn't so ridiculous that I'm all that concerned. The gap is ridiculous between the offenses. 
ridiculous, like Grand Canyon-esque difference. And I, I just look at Roethlisberger and say, that's all fine and well. Like, they run the ball okay. They're very good defensively. They do blitz a lot. We know that she's handled the blitz. They're not going to beat Kansas City with Roethlisberger throwing 30 times for 185 yards. They have no shot. I don't care what they do outside of that. So, yes, I think, I think they are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. I respect them. They have a great coach. They have a really, really good defense. But Roethlisberger right now is the Achilles heel, and it's being covered up by the fact that Guskowski misses a field goal late. Otherwise, they blow a 20-point second-half lead to the Titans. They, they get away with it against Baltimore because Jackson can't stop turning the ball over. And by the way, as a bow on all this, if you, if you didn't know what the Ravens coaching staff thought of Jackson throwing the football, go watch the fourth quarter of that game. The penultimate drive, it's 28-24. The Steelers have just taken the lead. It's about seven minutes to go in the game. The Ravens ran the ball every single play of the drive, including on fourth and three, because they know that if Jackson has to throw the ball, they're screwed. You're not going to win like that. It's just not. That's why they went home in the playoffs one and done last year. It's why the Chiefs crushed them. It's why the Steelers beat them. If that doesn't change, nothing's changing for Baltimore against good teams. And I, and I just feel like teams are looking at the Ravens and they're like, go ahead, run it. We don't care. Like, you know, if, especially if they're confident in their offense because they know they're, they're going to run the ball. He's going to get some break off a couple of big runs. Although I will say it does worry me that they finally figured out that J.K. Dobbins is really good and gave him 15 carries and he got 113 yards because they're a running game. And I think that's been a big problem for them this year is the running game has been not great other than Jackson. He's been the best running back on the team, whereas last year they were really chewing teams up. I think if they can really get back to that, which is what they were trying to do, I mean, Dobbins, 15 carries. Edwards, 16 carries. Jackson, 16 carries. Like. But they're, if, if you can keep them out of the end zone and your offense can move the ball on them, which we know the Chiefs can, I, yeah, I'm worried about the Steelers. I'm worried about playing the Ravens. The Chiefs don't play their best game against teams like that, even the Titans. They can lose. Uh, we lost to the, to the Raiders, for God's sake. But you're right. Like Their quarterbacks are not playing at the level that they need to be playing to beat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. I mean, Lamar's on pace for like, 29, 2,800 yards pass. It's just, it's not, it's ridiculous. You're not going to beat it. Look, I guarantee you, any good team that plays the, the Ravens, that has any kind of defensive personnel, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, if Buffalo can get their head on straight and figure that out, any team, Indianapolis is another one this year, they will absolutely stack the box. They will rob the middle of the field with a safety. Minka Fitzpatrick, Tyron Matthew, both the best in the league at doing it. They will drop down the middle of the field. They'll take away any slants. They'll take away any seam route to Mark Andrews. And they'll say, go ahead, big boy. Beat us outside the numbers. Do it. Throw the ball outside, one-on-one, to Marquise Brown, to Willie Sneed. They can't. They know they can't. That's why they're screwed every time they play these two teams. They have no ability to do it. And that's why I go back to what I said earlier. And and I'll prove it's unbiased. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC because they can win multiple ways. They can win a tight game close that's more of a defensive game. They can win a shootout when they have to run the ball. They've shown they're more than capable of running it. They can throw the ball as well as anybody, if not better than anybody. They can win a game based off their special teams. The Chiefs can beat you any way you want to play. And I would argue right now that Pittsburgh has to play a very defensive first game to win, and Baltimore has to get ahead and run the ball 
and play defense. They, they have no shot if they get down 10-plus points in the game. Zero. So when I look at the Chiefs, yeah, look, you'd want to be that one seed. you want to get the bye. You'd love for everything to go through our head. And by the way, it might. It very well might. I can see the Chiefs going 14-2 and two and being the one seed. But if they had to go to Pittsburgh, do I think they'd win? Yeah. If they're, if they're healthy, yeah, I think they'd beat Pittsburgh. I agree. I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I, I don't know what round. I'm hoping the Chiefs can get that damn one seed. Pittsburgh's going to slip up. They're not going to go. They're going to lose a couple. They're going to lose a game, right? They're probably going to lose a couple games. They're not going 16 to us in the NFL. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a game they could lose. I'll give you a few. First of all, they could lose the rematch to Baltimore. It's on Thanksgiving night at Heinz Field. And if the Ravens don't turn the ball over 8,000 ways to Sunday, they would have beat them today. Although I will say, Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle for the Ravens All-Pro, going down for the year with a broken ankle, that hurts. Not good. Um, But no, they could lose to Baltimore. They play the Colts in Week 16 in Pittsburgh. They could lose that game. They play at Cleveland Week 17. Now, Cleveland's not as good, but if that's for the playoffs, you, you, know, you, you could see Cleveland finding a way to win that game. They're at Buffalo on Sunday Night Football Week 14. They could lose that game. Um, and I'll give you one other game they could lose. Actually, I guess two, technically. The Bengals are in every single game they play. Every single game they play. I could see the Bengals giving the Steelers a fight. And if for no other reason, every year the Steelers lose one or two games they should never lose. And they've been in a lot of those types of, types of games this year. They almost lost to Jeff Driscoll and the Broncos. They almost lost to the Texans. They were down in the fourth quarter at home to them. They almost lost to Philly. They almost lost to Tennessee and Baltimore. I, listen, Pittsburgh's a really good team. Pittsburgh's going to lose two or three games. They are. And if the Chiefs tie them, they're going to beat them out by tiebreaker. So I, I would expect that the Chiefs are going to be right in the mix for this when they, we get down to December and even in January. Joe Burrow's good, man. And they, I credit the Bengals. Good. Like, they don't have a great team, but they T. Higgins has been excellent. Joe Burrow's playing really well. They got a couple of nice receivers. Yep. Joe Mixon's a good back. Like they're they've got some pieces. They got guys. They do. And Taylor's a good head coach. They got guys. Like I could absolutely see a game where Burrow beats Pittsburgh. I could. I mean, they, he's he's good enough to do. It. I I'll, I'll say this right now. He's the second best quarterback in that division. Maybe I, the best. I, the way Roethlisberger's playing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's excellent. He's very young. He's going to be a problem for the Chiefs down the line if the Bengals continue to put good players around him. Same thing right. with Herbert. All right. Yes. Uh, we're going to cut it short tonight. Not a ton to talk about in that Jets game. Look, everybody, we all know that this week is going to be a big week. There's an election coming up. It's going to be stressful, all those types of things out there. Um, we're here for you to talk some football. We'll see you on Thursday, so just take a deep breath. We'll be all right no matter what happens in the election, um, and we'll be here to talk Chiefs football with you. So if, uh, if, if our little podcast here or our website, Arrowhead Addict, which you should read every day, brings you a little bit of distraction from the avalanche of noise you're about to hear over the next week, we hope that it does do that. Okay, um, please make sure if you like what you heard that you give us a – uh, a, a subscribe. Ugh, geez. I'd sound like I had about 15 beers today. <laughs> I did. I did. I just drank seltzer all day. Um, I'm tired. I'm tired. It's been a long weekend. Um, yeah. Give us a subscribe on Apple podcasts and leave us a review. Please make sure you follow us on Twitter. That's where you can find out about things like giveaways and you can just chat cheese football with us. A lot of you do that. And it's, it's really uh, awesome and rewarding for us to get to connect with you guys. I'm at, at 
R. Patrick Allen. He is at, at Matt Verderam. Please make sure you follow Matt Connor, the expert, lead expert at Arrowhead Addict. He's at, at Matt Connor AA. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. For Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. And as always, go cheese. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.